A new daily fantasy app for prop bets is here, and it's called Thrive Fantasy. Forget the old school way of DFS. Thrive Fantasy has streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top tier athletes. That means no more salary cap. You just build your lineup around a list of prop bets. Here's how it works. For each contest, you choose 10 of the 20 prop bets, plus two ice picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that value if the prop is correct. So for example, if Tom Brady throws for over or under 250 yards, the less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth. You build your team, score around the amount of correct prop bets you select. It's easy to play, so just check out the Thrive Fantasy link in the description of this podcast and get in the game with Thrive Fantasy today. Ain't Hard to Tell, Episode 70, Dexter Henry Brian Fonseca here. And we have our first guest for Women's History Month in the building with us. One of my favorite people. She knows this. Um, Didn't seem like it a few minutes ago. No, we, man, we, all, <laughs> man, we always yeah. lie. Like, um, good sister of mine, good friend. We always have fantastic conversations. We're going to have another good one. I can today. tell. Oh, I'm, we, ex- I'm excited. No, Christine and I always have, we have <laughs> great true. conversations. Yeah. And some crazy stuff always happens when we meet up or eat or do whatever so yeah. we we always talk christina Carrega, uh editor for abc news that is a new position yeah put some respect on her verify name, check Yay! on twitter oh, yep verify check on twitter that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i had to do my research you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> verify check on twitter editing now for you people who did not want to let her edit okay hmm. oh hmm. Oh, can we start there? All right. So what happened? <laughs> That's what happened? The, that was the, that was a fr- that was a friend defense coming in there. That was yeah, that was totally needed. I mean, I've what been happened? in this industry since literally 2006. Um, okay. I, I always consider 2006 journalism industry. To journalism, be clear. yes. Okay. Actually, so y'all um, y'all more or less around the same same time. Started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 2006, I was still at St. John's University, and that was my student newspaper, The Torch. It's still called The Torch. It's still called yeah. The Torch. Mm-hmm. They are very, very, very well. And you got the St. John's read. red on today. Well, that was just by accident. I mean, mm. I was trying to blend in with the background. Ah, okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I consider myself a journalist since I was a student, and then I was working for the New York Post, where I was a copy kid, and I literally worked my way up. You're like, what the hell is a copy kid? Nah, I know like, what it is. You I, do? You no, know, it's funny because, like, I, I told you about this before, but I had a... I will not name the organization, but they wanted to offer me basically oh. pennies, pennies yeah. to be a copy editor, and I was like, "Nah, not copy doing it." Copy editor. See, you yeah. at least would have offered an, a position with the word editor in it. This yeah, is but a they copy kid. they wanted me to give up a lot, of, like everything else, and I'm like, "I ain't doing that mm-hmm. for that." Yeah. Yeah. Explain for the people don't know. Explain to you, explain and what you did as a copy sure, editor. Yes. Make sure that mic is close yeah, enough. Yes. Closer with the yeah, mic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in the newspaper industry back in the day, there used to be kids literally, you know, going around handing out the copies of the paper before it actually gets to the printing press, right? So the New York Post, after all these years, is the only news organization that still employs copy kids. And you have to work your way up to actually be realized that, oh, you're not here just to get my coffee or to give me this piece of paper. You actually want to be a reporter. Like, I went to college for this. Mm-hmm. So after working there for a few months and people actually started to take notice of who I was, I started getting, you know, positions to go to stories out in the field and write stories and whatnot. And then my career took off from there. There you go. Yeah. Which is crazy because both of us actually worked at the Post at the same time. But didn't know And each did other. not know each other. <laughs> no. I don't even understand how we didn't see each other because there was not too many black people there. So it was yeah. like, how did, not, how did we not see each other? You know what? It was probably the times when I was really, really freelancing. I was a permalancer. A same permanent so was, freelancer. So was I. Yeah, so I was a permalancer. Yeah, yeah. Right. Permalancer. Permalancer. Is that That's a the term, term. still used? I call it permalancer. I call it what it is. Is where they try to act like you're full-time, but you're not full-time. Right. And, so I did that for yeah. three and a half years. I mean, I'm kind of like yeah. that now, but Permanence yeah. and no benefits. No yeah. nothing. Gang, no. gang. But you know, like, gotta make your feet. Yeah, we could, your feet we could talk yeah. about that after this. Yes, yes. <laughs> we so, did that so a lot of episodes. Yeah, so I did that for almost four years until they finally, I had to threaten to leave. I was like, I'm out of here. They were Ooh. like, oh no, we're gonna hire you. Oh, that's good. Yeah, okay. yeah. So then they okay. hired me. Power move. Yes, I made a power move. <laughs> Journalist in power.
empowerment. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like, you mm-hmm. got to threaten the leaf where they be like, listen, we actually appreciate you. Yeah, as opposed so then, to being like, oh, we'll get somebody else. Yeah, yeah, bye. And they, <laughs> they didn't say that. And at the time, and I realized still, I was like the only sister in the room, mm. the whole newsroom sometimes. Mm. And that was the beginning theme of my whole career. Like, I'm always the only one in the room, no matter what organization I'm working for. There might be one other person in there. But are they on staff? Are they getting benefits? Probably not. And as that's a, a sad reality I've as been a, living. As a Latino, I can relate. Yeah. It's pretty much the same. Can, can, Christina, can you talk more about that? Because I know your career of going from the Post to the Daily News to yeah. where you are now. ABC News editor. I'm going to keep shouting that yeah. out as much as I can. Bang, bang. Um what 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 are the challenges you've seen as a woman? Because obviously we're having women here this month, women's yeah. history month. What are the challenges in journalism you've seen as a woman and specifically as a black woman in the industry? So I'll say this. There was one job you kind of glossed over was when I was at the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office. Oh, sorry. I dibbled I into publicists. There's actually world. two jobs I glossed over. Yeah, well, we yeah. ain't going <laughs> to. Oh, my God. <laughs> Quite all right. You only- <laughs> the other one was definitely on purpose. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all got one of those in our history. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but that one was important, and I will talk about it. Yes, we will. So yes. I did a quick stint at the Brooklyn DA's office, and that was the first time my boss was a person of cl- color, the late district attorney, Ken Thompson. Yes. I was so freaking proud to work for this man, mm-hmm. right? And then to be a part of his spokesperson team, like, are you, that was amazing. And for the first time also, my boss was a woman of color, like a Panamanian woman named Lupe Todd. Mm-hmm. Hey, Lupe. <laughs> and that was a proud moment for me, too, because she taught me so much about how to be assertive, how to carry yourself. She even, like, pinpointed certain things you're supposed to have in your by your desk so that, you know, when you're called into a meeting, you look a certain way. Yeah. She always had, like, a pair of shoes nearby or blazer around her um, chair. And I... I use those tools today, like making sure you look a certain way when you're going to be speaking to your boss or a higher authority. Because unfortunately, being a woman and then a woman of color in any type of corporate world, you get you get sized up before you even open your mouth. Mm. You know, no, that's true. That's something like men, even even minority men, you don't experience um, out in the field of, of journalism or even sometimes just in the office or the newsroom. Yeah. That's, that's certain things you, you didn't experience. So you, you, you've made your moves. Mm-hmm. Um, went from the Post to the News. Yes. Uh, to the uh, – uh, sorry, we skipped over the we're DA's skip, office. I, yeah, I yeah. skipped that over, which was definitely very important. And then mm-hmm. let's go to the News because then you had a huge part of your career working um, in the courts in Brooklyn. Yeah. Where we're both from. Uh, also, sec- uh, I forgot to mention the first. Mm. She is the first – a uh, woman guest on this podcast in journalism who's not affiliated with sports directly, although she is a sports fan. She's not <laughs> affiliated with sports directly, so we want to acknowledge that. Yep. She's also the second person on this podcast uh, after Kimberly Martin, also representing East Flatbush, Flatbush. Hey, in the building hey. all the time. So, you know, anytime I got East Flatbush <laughs> people in here, I'm happy. Although, and a fellow West Indian. Although I will say, yes, definitely West Indian Massive could stand up on that one. Yes, yes, yes. But I always represent Canarsie all day long. Yes. You do. You still yeah. represent. Of course. All day. You got, of course you have to. I was coming to the defense of Howard Schultz. When all that stuff was going on, I'm oh, like, you, oh, you defending him? Yeah. Are you voting for him if he runs for No. Run for, oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> but he's a Canarsie alumni, so yeah. I had to like stand up for him a little bit. I, I, I understand Real quick. That. I understand. We'll, yeah. talk, we'll talk about, we're going to get later in this podcast about people you might want to stand up for or not stand up for. <sighs> but back to your career. Okay. <laughs> Which we are standing up for. Um, you had this experience. You were working in the courts. As I know, you were killing it. Everybody knew who you were when you were out in these courts. <laughs> if I, News 12, when I was working for News 12, I saw Christina out in the story, and I'm like, yo, Christina, yo, what's going on? Christina, you know, she 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 would help with some information. If Absolutely. Not give me the story, but she'd look out, you know? Right. So she was killing it in the courts doing that. Mm-hmm. How was that experience, and how have you now parlayed that into, and I like the word parlay, well, made the opportunity yourself into getting from there to ABC News? Mm-hmm. So um, when the Post hired me full time, it was to specifically cover the courts in Queens. And I'd never had a beat before. And a beat reporter is somebody who's focusing on one particular topic. So for me, before even becoming a real journalist, I always I thought maybe I'll become a lawyer. And I dibble dabbled with the thought of being a lawyer. So the fact that I was being thrown into the criminal justice system and I'm doing journalism, I'm like, this is the best of both worlds. Now I get to learn so much and be involved and just tell the story that I think people should know how the story gets told. And I'll never forget just trying to get myself 
um, recognized within the courthouse, talking to lawyers, um, talking to judges. And of course, um, here we go again, being a woman of color, mm -hmm. being a woman and trying to get the attention of people who have law degrees, doctorates and things like that. You know, you had to really play a part in a certain sense. So people say you got to play a part in order to get people's attention. I was just being myself. I would be myself and I would just say things off the cuff. Like how we have conversations and I'm saying whatever I'm saying, as you'll learn. I just say what is on my mind, but to a certain tune. Mm -hmm. And people saw that as interesting and would be like, you know what? You should go to this courtroom to cover this. And the tips started coming in slowly and slowly. And then, oh. you know, they'll give me information about something and they'll try to test me to see if I'm going to go report it. And when I didn't, they're like, wow, I could trust her. So I did that in Queens for like four years. And then um, when I got to the DA's office in Brooklyn, I met more prosecutors. I met more judges. So my clout in the legal community within New York City just started growing and growing. Being People know who I am in the legal field was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to the Daily News and I was covering specifically Brooklyn, it was like, wow, like I have inside knowledge now because I took what I learned at the DA's office and I applied it to journalism and everything started crashing together and stories started exploding across the country. So when I started to, you know, you know, look for another job and I'm thinking like, OK, I got to take it to a step further. I want to become an editor. And one thing about Dexter and I, we. Dexter, um, I could say you used to um, volunteer for um, a high school yeah. journalism workshop. Yeah. And I was the director for three of eight years that we both volunteered for mm -hmm. it. Right. And Dexter's done some speaking engagements, which is great for the kids. And while being there, I learned I want to be an editor because I'm editing copy for these high school kids and formulating their stories. And they're learning about journalism for the first time. And I was like, I want to take this professionally. So to even apply for a job as an editor, it was, like, scary to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to be a woman of color and knowing how newsrooms are, um, they're, we're not there. But it's weird because being a part of the National Association of Black Journalists and the local chapter here in New York, you're in a room full of black women and men and other people of color at meetings, at events, and there's sea of us. You go to a convention once a year, there's 4,000 of us there. Hmm. But then you go to a major newsroom, such as The Post, such as mm, The Daily News, yeah. and now at ABC, and it's like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? Like, there ain't a lot of me around here. But I will here. say this. ABC is the first um, organization that I'm seeing a lot more diversity. Okay. Than That's good. That's good. in other newsrooms that I used to work at, and especially the one we glossed over, that one. It's a damn joke. Oh my god! Are we gonna mention the name or no? No. Yeah, they I don't, don't deserve don't. the. That's how I am. If I anybody wants to know, they can Google it to you see where go, I was. Credentials. We just yeah. Write what the you... name in the rundown because I don't. I, I don't think I know what it is. Oh, you. Oh, you should know. You know some people that work there. <laughs> but I. But I, I know I, some I, people I, that work there. I, but uh, I will you say do. that. That. Oh, got it. The place yep. that we Check. are glossing yep. over. They're the ones that gave me the shot to be an editor, so I can have that on my resume and. The way this world works is about who you know, not mm -hmm. what you know, unfortunately, right? Oh, yeah. We talk about that right? a lot. We talk about that a lot. So I'm learning that, that now, too. That title was on my resume. And it, actually, it wasn't even on my LinkedIn yet. I didn't put it on my LinkedIn that I was even working there, that I was an editor or nothing. It when, was just... When was this? Like, where, what recently. year? Recently. Recently. Like, okay. End, like, end of last year. Let's just end say of last that. year. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. It was real quick. Real oh, quick. Wow. Got in there. People knew I was there because of my Twitter account. And my um, Facebook. So it's like a close community of people that know. Okay. And then the beginning of this year, I got a text from who? Somebody I know saying, hey, you'd be perfect for this job. You got the title. Put it on your resume. Send it to me. The one word. That was it. That one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Sorry, guys. We can't. Like, yeah. Uh, yes. D so, DM me if you have any questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm in a room with colleagues in a place where I can't openly say to them, listen, guys, we got to get out of here. This is not the place anybody should be working. It's not the organization is terrible. Like I couldn't round up the troops. Oh. Honestly, there should have been a revolt in that newsroom. <laughs> well, I felt so alone because well, I was the yes. only one thinking to be progressive. Interesting. And they know it. They knew I was going to start up some drama. But I said, nope. I'm going to be real quiet. I'm going to be humble about it. I came in classy. I'm going to leave classy. 
And you did. And I left classy. And, and, and you left, and you left, and you you. And it's very interesting because I had the conversation with Christina um, when she was thinking about making this editing move yeah. last at late last summer or whatever, and how it all unfolded. So it's interesting how things work when you just you put yourself in the right situations and also mm-hmm. get yourself out of the wrong situations too. Ain't it crazy? Or looking to do that. I've I've learned wow. how I've learned how much things will open when you do that. I've yeah. learned I've learned that a lot. So you're liking what you're doing now. You're editing at um ABC. ABC yeah. You're getting to work on some important stories. You also you just wrote about uh the Stephen Clark mm-hmm. um situation and what's come down with that. Mm-hmm. Um how was it to I mean you were working that day of the news broke, but how was it to you know, cover that. It was great to see that I'm not just doing local news, which local news can become national news real quick. It was okay. local out in L.A., mm-hmm. so it was definitely going to become something over here. But my career has been about dealing with police-involved shootings, um, wrongful convictions, all the criminal justice matters you can imagine. So this was just something that I knew that I had to write it. I wanted to be the editor on it, get all this stuff to put it together. So it was very important to write it. And before I came here today, I did a story about a case that stemmed out of Brooklyn where an officer, while he was off duty, he shot a guy in the face, and he claimed that he was being robbed. Yes. Next day, surveillance video comes out. Not only shows that this man was not being robbed by the victim, he tried to plant evidence on the guy to show that, you know, he did something crooked. But then the cop sees that there's surveillance cameras and he picks up the evidence he was trying to plant on the victim who's Mm. laying there bleeding from his mouth because he got shot in the face. Mm. And the police, NYPD fired the cop. He's no longer an officer. He was a sergeant at the time, has a history of bad, um, you know, reprimanded several times over uh-huh, the years. Of course. And the district attorney's office has actually impaneled a grand jury, so the cop might be indicted. Which is something we haven't seen happen too often in situations like in this. In Brooklyn, they are very in, progressive. Yes, but na- nationwide. Nationwide, that, the, the list of people, the list of police officers mm-hmm. that have been indicted for shootings, unarmed civilians, is very small. Yes. What I would say is a leverage on the DA's office in this case is that. This guy was already fired by the NYPD, so there's no blue wall of silence. There's yeah. not no bunch of union people coming right. in the courthouse to, to defend this guy. That is, that's out the window. Now he's looked at as a regular person who has to defend himself as a black man. So <laughs> he going to learn today how that's going to come out when the grand jury actually comes back with an indictment. What's up, listeners and supporters of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast? We need some help from you, and it won't take up too much of your time. As we grow, we always want to hear your feedback, so take a minute or two to fill out a short anonymous survey. The survey link is right in the episode notes for this podcast. It's easy and takes less than five minutes. As always, we thank you for your continued support. It was a rough uh, Black History Month. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It was, right? It yeah. was rough. Okay? We, I wanted a do-over at a certain yeah. point. Yeah, we, even, even with the, yeah, we just... We, but the we Oscars saved us a little bit. No. No? <laughs> not for me, no. Not even a tad bit? No. no. Maybe, maybe saved is not the word I want to use. It gave, it, it was like the light at the end of the tunnel that oh. gave you some kind of hope. But, okay. but, like, but, I still but remember, for you, it wasn't that But I still light. remember everything else that happened. It was so rough. This is just true. like... From the blackface to Jussie Smollett, Floyd to, Mayweather. Yeah, it was just a whole bunch of stuff. Let's yeah. let let's let's take it let's take it to Shot Town. Mm-hmm. Let's start with uh, Jussie Smollett. Oh right, okay. they're, they're all, all right. in the same. Yeah, place, I was gonna right? say they're all in they're Chicago. All in the same, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, we're not even leaving Chicago. So no, just, we stayed in the Windy <laughs> City for a little bit. Yeah. Some people were joking that they're in the same jail, but we don't have to. We don't know that. Yeah, we'll get we'll we get to all that. Uh, (laughs) we have not we have not really talked about the jesse smollett situation here publicly yeah we have talked about this i've talked with other friends about this yeah this is first where i want to start for you christina especially as a journalist Mm -hmm. journalist to journal all of us being journalists here yes when you first heard the story what are your initial thoughts don't tell me what you thought (laughs) i'm laughing after all the were you laughing i'm laughing because I feel like everybody is going to say what, I, what I'm about to say, but I am like, I think I'm quoted somewhere to say what I'm about to say before say everybody else said it. I Either Facebook or Twitter. Okay. Maybe I saw this. So it's possible. Hmm. I have said from beginning, this don't smell right. Yo, I said I said that too, also. This does not smell After right. After I heard right. Joe Budden say it, I was thinking about it too, and Why I was Joey like, yeah. Joey had to say something for you to know. Nah, nah. Oh, he's a Joe Budden fan. He no. Oh, I love me 
the mouth. Yes. Let's not go there. No, but I li- I was listening to the podcast, but before he well, said he that, bring this up to before me. he okay. said that, I was like, this just sounds like kind of like weird, extreme, so, almost. So okay. for the both, and of then you. when I heard him like sort of go through it with Maul and Rory, I was like, yeah, and Parks, I was like, yeah. Now I, I did not, I did not listen to that podcast, but he was bringing this up to me. Yeah, and I'm and I had this conversation with one of my other homegirls. What was it about the story that made you was like, yo, this is this is some BS here. Like, this is not. Nah. It sounded very over the top. Right. And I, in looking at this, I think there were things that were definitely over the top, right? Mm-hmm. Number mm-hmm. one, the noose, okay? The bleach <laughs> that didn't go anywhere on his face. Because like, I'm just saying, if I'm trying to bleach somebody, for those who don't know why story, just when I alleged yeah. two men wearing MAGA hats tried to bleach him, they two didn't Two Nigerian face. men. Well, they we right? didn't say that. He said they were white. They were people with MAGA hats. He said they had masks. And people assumed that they were white. Of course. Of course. I mean. Right. And, well, and also, as far as like the things that also sounded weird was the whole, you know, being in a subway at whatever time it was. Okay. Oh, oh going, yes. he was going to going subway. Going to the subway in the middle of the polar my, my, vortex where my, it was negative 40 degrees so outside. So that's the thing. I don't so, think Jesse Smollett would eat subway at that time. Well, I don't know what he eats. I was really, when I first, when I first read the article, I was like, damn, you went for subway? That's, but, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> maybe that's messed up. But I did think about the polar vortex thing because obviously. But that wasn't my trigger point. That wasn't. Okay, go no. ahead. What was your trigger point? My trigger point was the fact that he was on the set for, for was it Empire? He was on the set for something at the time, right? Maybe Empire. Maybe. He Maybe. was on the set for something. You would assume so. They shoot in Chicago. Correct. Yeah. I didn't and know that. And if you're hungry at two in the morning, you know how many lackeys are walking around that can go get that food for you? I don't care who you are. Or Uber Eats. Uber like Eats. That. We all got a phone. We all yeah. got apps. Why yeah. is he not calling? In New the York, app? in New York, the move will be Chinese food if yeah. they're open twenty four seven, which some of them are. Right. So, you know. I mean, he just he blew himself out the water right there. And then Fair point. for him to say that they called him out, um, "Hey, you Empire." That's what he claimed the alleg- And according to the allegations, they said, "Hey, you Empire." Trust and believe, sir. Nobody knew who you were. <laughs> damn. For you to I'm be damn. on some Hey You Empire. Are no, you kidding me? Listen, listen. I'm not lying. I never heard of him before this. Really? Never heard of him before this. Okay. See? Right? Like, I, but I don't watch Empire and things like that because I, my suspicions were confirmed by Dexter where I was like, <laughs> I seem to, well, no, I think that they are playing up stereotypes too much. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. that was just from trailers and stuff like that. Yes. And I was like, this looks bogus. And then when I asked you all those questions, like, do they do this? Do they do that? Do they do that? You were like, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, isn't that sad? So that's, so you, so the combination. I mean, the, you knew. The combination like, of the fact that he wouldn't, you don't think he would have been going to get this food at 2 a.m. in the morning. And it was the polar vortex. Let me be clear about something right here. Mm. I had to work in, and it was colder in Chicago. And I had yes. to work out in New York here in the polar vortex. I didn't want to be outside. And it was part of my job to Hello. be outside. Okay. And I didn't want to be outside. And this guy's outside, so I agree that was suspect. And here's the other point. Yes. Hmm. There is actually a, I mean, the whole MAGA hat wearers are one in their own, right? They got, they're their own beast. But there <laughs> is a small community of the MAGAs who are gay. So if he's hmm. claiming that they're, Shouting out that he's a fag and all these other terms that mm-hmm. he said that they said to him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute. You're either going to be MAGA or you're going to be, you know, a racist completely. So, or a bigot, I should say. You right. can't be a bigot and a MAGA wearer. It made no sense, his allegations. Like, I think he didn't do his research enough to know what right. le- what words well, he should have told clearly. The, right. the police. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and but then but, but then the biggest problem with all of it is and what we were talking about is like now this ruins everything for everybody just in terms of like I mean not like those people were gonna or this is basically what I'm saying mm-hmm. when he does this then people find out that it's BS then the next time there's an actual hate crime people on the other side the MAGA people whatever they're gonna hold this up and be like oh remember when he did this I don't have to believe yeah, this is true I'll... even though it is Dexter's point was that those people probably wouldn't believe it anyway so it probably doesn't change much but this still wasn't needed and it's not gonna help right. anything obviously and the only thing that's gonna come from this apparently is him going to jail I guess here's we... where I, here's, public shame at minimum here's where I have a problem with that point 
Why is it that it takes a famous person for other people to realize something that happens every day? Right. What? No, I, I agree. No, with you know what I mean? No, no, no. I'm yeah. with you on that. And I but, think that's but so I'm mostly, problematic about yeah. it. You know I'm what so I mean? with you on that. Yes. I mean, from the from the um the celebrities who have cancer to the celebrities who break a nail. All mm-hmm. of a sudden now, like the cheating scandal that's going on right now with the college exam test. These things have been happening. Every single day for X amount of time. It's well, just because a famous person is behind it. Now everybody wants to do think pieces yeah, because, about it. And, because, you know what I mean? Yeah, because it's one, is news, I guess, to them. And two, it's like people just live for other people. Like there's, sure. there's, there's a reason that Cardi B draws a level of fascination from everybody else because she gives off that she's real and authentic. And a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people can't be that. And a lot of people just see what they want to be in her and sort of live vicariously through her, which is mm. why she has such a big fan base. And even, and those people just still kind of live their own lives what, and don't do anything about what it. What I find fascinating about the point that Christina brings up now is that, you know, do you, does this, with this whole Jussie situation and, and does this, that it shouldn't, this shouldn't bring out that we don't know that there are people who were attacked because of the color of their skin, because of their sexual orientation Every day, and and real, and that's who I'm really mad for mm-hmm. in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm mad for the people who are attacked for those. The real victims. The real mm-hmm. victims. Yeah. The, the 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 gay black men and women, or trans men and and, and women, or just a heterosexual black men and women, or Latinos, or Asians, or whoever that are attacked for their color of skin, uh, race, sexual orientation. These things happen. You know, I we haven't heard from we haven't we've heard from some people in the community, but they got to be like, bruh. If you're if you're if you're a, gay, you're pissed. If you're a minority and and you're part of the LGBTQ community, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would be pissed. Yeah, mm-hmm. like what? Yeah, like first of all, I'm pissed just because I'm black. But also, right. if I was part of the LGBTQ community, for those brothers and sisters, I'm like, bruh, what like, are you doing this for? What's well, the point? Appears, what is the it point? It appears, and this is what people were saying or mm-hmm. theorizing, that he was doing this because he wanted a pay raise and thought this would increase his fame. And oh, clearly, he did not think this plan through. No, guys. but clearly, but he did clearly think that it was going to increase his fame. Oh, I think so. I think I think for forever, people have been trying to get famous through sympathy. You know what I mean? And especially mm. now. This is where, like... Oh, he's not the first person, right. To, right, to, exactly. To like, mental health, for example, we were talking about how there are people who actually struggle with mental health, and then there are people who try to play it up just so then they can get attention. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Sadly. And and we and he also tried to turn this into a mental th- health that's, thing. That was what I said. <laughs> I, yeah, go ahead. I, and this is something mm-hmm. you can definitely pull up on Twitter. I tweeted the moment it came down that this was all a farce. I said, stand by for the mental health defense. <laughs> Joe Wetter said the same thing. But, <laughs> Stand by. But I mean, it's only it's, it's the only play that you can you can. This do. man done disrespected every community out there. <laughs> do you understand? Like, what is happening right now? How did you just in one in a month you disrespected everyone? See, yeah. well, here's here's the problem. Black people, gay Here, people, here's the problem. everybody. Here's the problem. The logical, rational thing would say, "Yo, man, he got caught. He could just come out and say, you know what." I lied. I did this for the bread. People would still be mad, but I think at some point they'd be like, okay, Hmm. here's the problem. He went so hard, Christina. He was on Good Morning America with with Robin Robin Roberts sitting there talking about this. And as Brian kind of mentioned up, it appears like playing for the sympathy. Hmm. And I guess he's like, yo, once I went so hard, I got to just keep going hard. I got to keep going hard with the lie. This is what happens when you continuously lie and push the envelope. Yeah, it's the, it's the most extreme of what your mother <laughs> tells you not to do when you're little. Yo, now, don't lie. Don't lie. Now, don't lie. Now, and, now, don't, yo, and don't die with the lie. <laughs> yo, at some way, I kind of got to, it's weird. Like, I kind of respect the people that die with the lie because it's almost like they going so hard. But like, but it depends on what the lie it's is. It's true. Yeah, it yeah, absolutely. Because at some point, you're laughing at them like, bruh. Like, yeah. like, like if you're if you're lying about having sex with somebody else, then maybe at some point we could forgive you if you die with now, the lie. Now he's on some shaggy. Maybe. It wasn't me stuff. Like. Right? Yeah. Like, th- but this is <laughs> yeah. some. This is a new level type of thing. And then even with the Robin interview, I yes. watched that just to see where he could have been. Like he could have pulled out during the interview and have been like, you know what, Robin, I can't lie to you. I gotta stop this. This man didn't even keep the story straight about what he 
got from Subway. I it went from I, a, a tuna fish sandwich to a tuna fish salad. That's how you know. I'm man. like, then I'm like, well, where did the sandwich and the salad go? Yeah, right? Yeah. Because if he's getting fucked up by this by these people, right? Yeah. Where is what's where does the sandwich come into play? Uh, it did got you? washed away with the bleach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it blew down the street in the polar vortex. Yo, let me, yes. let me let me also tell you what's messed up about the plan. Just the whole thing. And the I'm plan. Say, I'm, the plan. Jeez. Okay? Oh, man. It's the polar vortex. Mm-hmm. Ain't no black people standing out in the polar vortex, man. For 40 minutes with a noose around their neck wait. and alleged bleach. No, okay. Nope. Come on. Not at all. No, man. And it's just, man, man. Yeah. All right. Things are about to get worse. Things are, things are about to get worse. Oh, and just Chicago. to add on to what you thought about, yeah. he he's not going to jail. You know that, right? Yeah, I was, I was going to. Well, he's I, not going to I'm jail. I'm glad we didn't leave off that, too. Well, uh-huh. first of all, you say he's not going to jail. That's right. I, I agree. Also, here's the thing is, we talked about this before. Do you think he's not, think or he he's officially not? Jail? Wait, what did you say? Do you think he should go to jail? Because I'm the person that's You like, said the public mm, shame. The public shame is yeah. enough to the me. The public shame is enough. His yeah. career is over. We know it, right? Yeah. yeah. I agree. I, I know he's not going to jail. Is we, his, it's not official okay. right is now. Is his career over though? His career. Listen, I told a young lady. Well, time heals. Recently, Mel Gibson came back. Time heals. Okay. I know, I know what you're gonna say. The difference. He could disappear though. like yeah. Mace. Do I need to say <laughs> what need the difference is? Yeah. Oh, Mel Gibson came back. <laughs> so did Robert Downey Jr. That's true. So did Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. So did any uh, Winona Ryder. What's the what? What are we going at here? Right, that, that, Black people. We are taught. People of color are taught mm-hmm. we have to be 10 times better than them that's in true. order to succeed in anything. And that's from yep. the actors, that's to the doctors, that's to the man who's pumping your gas. We have to hold ourselves into a different standard, right? Mm-hmm. This idiot is so <laughs> I love it. brainwashed I love it. to think that he is higher than anything that he can just do this and think he can get away with it and still have a career. No, no. No, no, <laughs> you ruined it for yourself. Doesn't Empire feel like the kind of show that would resurrect him and bring him back in two years? Why should oh. they? I heard that they're trying to replace his character like on Viv. I'm sure they wasn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, we never liked that. Team, team Dawson and on Viv. <laughs> But let Fresh Prince reference, you got <laughs> no. Fresh Prince oh. was my show. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you didn't get it. No, nah, like, I used oh, to watch okay. the reruns all the okay. time. You didn't okay. like light skin on No, on Viv gave birth no. to Nikki, the dark skin baby. All of a sudden, on Viv was light skin. The next episode, yeah. nah. even Jazz made a reference in the show. In the show That's actually one of my favorite shows ever. It's yeah, an yeah, amazing yeah. show. Yes. But right now, he's out on bond. Right, he was he pled not guilty in court. In court, as we record this podcast. Right, and. What he will be working on, if he has a good defense attorney, hmm. based on my experience, he is currently seeking counseling. He is doing community service at a church somewhere. He is giving back <laughs> unbeknownst to everybody. You know why? Because the next time they go to court, they're going to get the discovery. They're going to get all the information from the prosecutors. But later down the line, you're going to hear they will offer the plea bargain. Mm-hmm. And the plea bargain may be five years community service, da, 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 da. but little do us people know the prosecutor and the defense are having a conversation as we speak. And the defense attorney is telling the prosecutor, oh, my client is doing this. They're doing that. They're going to give this amount of money back to this person, to that charity, to open a to fund for this. To take off some of the time. To take off the time so that he just walks right back out so he can live his life again. That's what's happening behind closed doors mm. in the legal justice system. You and know, he's getting that treatment now, too. I actually, mm. I actually do think long term he could come back for this for a couple reasons. One being that people, after a while, they kind of almost forget or just not care. And they're just like, whatever. And two, we're kind of in this age where people just want clicks, want popularity, want something that's going to draw eyeballs. And I could see some whack-ass show <laughs> trying to get him to be part of it just so people can probably tune in and end up watching it. It'll probably fail, but I do think that we'll see him at some point, you know, involved in something like that. Ver- where he will not be fighting about how much money he makes on the show because he's going to get whatever he gets. Let me tell you, you tell me when that happens when Wesley Snipes is actually starring in something again, okay? <laughs> Look, I hope I'm wrong. I'm oh, just saying. Me I too. Just, I'm just saying. I Christina's don't have. Like she don't believe. Here's it. the thing. Here's the thing, Christina. This is what I'm saying. I just don't have that faith in humanity that they're going to keep him away forever. Uh, because we're <laughs> so thirsty for just attention. Yeah. Still? yeah. I, I mean, that's what's fair about this discussion. At least, at least to that point, I mm. feel like it's at least fair because you think about social media and as much as people want to see the downfall of, because people have enjoyed the memes and everything that came oh, out. Oh, it's hilarious. terrible. People are always people are like, oh, don't you feel bad? No. 
No, now when you yeah. make yourself a joke it's, like it's this, it's hard not to look no. at a car crash. Right, you know what and I, mean? I understand. Oh, rubbernecking is amazing. I understand that. Also, although in terms of car crashes, sometimes car crashes are going on, and people tend to look away conveniently, as in the next thing that we're going to talk about, which is oh, Mr. Robert Kelly, wow. also out of Chicago. <laughs> Great <laughs> transition, Dexter. I must say, yes. I, I, That's I, why you the pro. I'm pretty good at these. Nah, he, nah, he's he's really good at those. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. What about Mr. S- Robert Sylvester Kelly? Oh boy. You got some thoughts. No, first, first of all, yeah, because Christine looked at me like, is the, is the sky blue? Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well here's, you can just, here's, the, here's the thing. I hope the audience is caught up because I feel and like I, everyone I, I, is. I want you to have the floor and, and really talk about this because we haven't talked about this. I'm glad we've had a woman here to talk about it, specifically mm-hmm. a black woman here Word. to talk about it because I'm going to give my little thoughts real quick and I'm going to cool. let you go. First of all, it's a disgrace and absolutely disgusting what has happened around the R. Kelly situation. The people that have enabled this man to do what he's been doing so long. I'm disgusted by those people. I'm disgusted by the people that continue to support him. That includes you, ma'am, who decided to bail him out recently. Oh, boy. Sorry, but you're pretty awful, too. Yeah. I don't know that woman, and so I usually don't like to speak on people I don't know. And when you see videos... Generally, even though we do that sometimes for a living. Mm -hmm. But when when you do this... When you see videos, when you see videos, you still see people yelling, oh, he's innocent, he's not guilty, all that stuff, like, around him, like when he was going to the McDonald's and trying to hide. You still see stuff like that, because those people... I don't know. They just always have those They're fans part anywhere. of the problem. 100%. Okay? They're 100% part of the problem. If it, I always say if you ignore people, they will go away. They, look. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And I do agree with that point because just to cut off on that, the support that R. Kelly has gotten over the years, and I'm going way back. I'm going back to like 2001, 2002. Yeah, that was around, okay, the, that the, was around, around the piss the, tape era. Right, around mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. I was early on in college when all this came out. And the support that he continued to get after that, we can even go further back in that where a lot of people of, of maybe our age mm-hmm. heard the rumors that he was married to Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. But none of us really ever thought it was real. And that's why in that R. Kelly documentary that came oh, out right. Lifetime, when I heard that, I was like, oh, damn. Mm. So there were people that actually forged documentation to make this marriage of an underage girl with a grown-ass man. Mm-hmm. And y'all was with it yeah like so so this is where listen people people will do whatever it takes to protect the money train man like some people will that is true Mm. christina you heard all i have to say yeah it's disgusting it's despicable i'm sure you feel the same way but what do you make of everything that has transpired in about the last six weeks from the Mm. documentary coming out early this year yeah to his recent interview with gail king (laughs) um Shout out to Gail King for um, not laughing. Yeah. Not laughing. Because I would have laughed right. during, during that, how ridiculous that was. Okay. You know, I, okay. I wish somebody would get up and stand up with me like that in the okay. interview. Oh. Anyway, mm-hmm. not saying Gail King should have done anything. I'm just saying I would have laughed. No, she what do you take? What well. do you take with everything that's happened now with R. Kelly, where this story is going? Where is it going? Mm-hmm. Um, can this man really do jail time? Because we talked about Jesse, how we don't think he's going to do jail time. Yeah. But can he really do jail time? Okay, so if anybody who's watched all six hours yep. of the Surviving R. Kelly um, documentary on Lifetime, you will understand everything that I'm saying. So um, a side note, but on topic, I write. I started my own blog called 32letter.com. Shout out to 32letter. I yes. forgot to shout in the beginning. I love yes. when did you When did you start it? This so started a know. year ago. We are celebrating our first year this yep, month, yep. Women's History Month. And hey, why hey, we decided hey. to start it. My friend Candace and I started this. And it's great articles and stuff. I share yes. stuff all the time and on Facebook. And it's all about, you know, women of color and pretty much um, fixing the mistakes you made in your 20s to go on to your 30s so you can live better in your 40s. Were some of the mistakes Ooh. you made in your 20s listening to R. Kelly? No, that okay. wasn't what I was going to. But I, I, w- I was bringing up 32 Letter, not only for a plug, but to also say that I wrote a think piece about it after it came out. And the part that was glaring more than anything to me was the very first trial that R. Kelly was um, a part of. He was he was he was arrested, indicted for the sex tape with the young lady who we learned now more than ever it was Sparkle, the artist's niece. Yeah. And Sparkle was in the documentary. She confirmed and everybody, well, you know, we all now, now know that Sparkle's 14-year-old niece was a part of that doc, that um, sex tape that circulated all over 
the internet when we were. It wasn't even on. How did we watch it? It was a VHS. No, I, I saw it on the internet. You saw it? saw it? How? Listen, yo, I remember was, when I, yeah. when YouTube first started in 2005, it was still there. Okay, for a so bit. that's. So I, that's I, saw what before, happened. I saw it Me before. Me too. I saw it about 2002, 2003. It was, yeah. I don't, it was like going around. I, I remember seeing it in. A literal tape, I want to say 03 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was about 2000, 2003. I remember watching yeah. it in my college room mm-hmm. um, and was like, yo, that. Definitely looks like him. Yeah, yeah and it then was, and then it was grainy. Yeah, yeah, old footage, but it looked. But like But it him. was him. He had the braids going mm-hmm. back, and then yeah. he tried to say it was his brother. And then, all like, this crazy stuff. Then a couple years later, Trapped in the Closet came out, oh. had all those parts, and then yes. I think that was like that recirculated or something mm-hmm. like that back on the internet. <sighs> it was it was a weird time because we <laughs> grew up in an era where we were children. <laughs> at our for me, my elementary school graduation, we're singing. I believe I can fly, you know, oh along with Michael Jackson's You Are Not Alone. Ooh. You know, so you think back to those songs that we sang as children. We stepped in the name of love, even when he was <laughs> indicted for peeing on the girl and having sex with the 14 year old. You know, it. we um, ignition, ignition, we're dancing in the clubs at this point. We're growing up yep. as he's. Fiesta. Evolving. Feel, what was the song? Feeling on your booty. I heard, but I heard and recently there was a song that he made. It was the originals. Like it had to be rewritten. But it was originally about trying to pull a teenage girl. I don't remember to do what. But it, well, it, I believe you're referring to ignition. Was originally. When R. Kelly, according to his lawyer at the time, said that yeah. ignition was written. Yeah, this is it for him to pick up girls getting off the school bus. It had to be rewritten. He rewrote it, yeah. Ignition, so that we can hear it without thinking, "What the hell is he doing with girls coming off the school bus?" I think it might have even so been a remix. This is this is new to me. Yeah. That's news to me. His dying lawyer has been outing him late but re- recently. One, but one of the things I will say that's always bothered me about R. Kelly, particularly in about the last eight or nine years, right? Okay. That about R. Kelly, and this was kind of brought up in the documentary was. This man was going by the Pied Piper R&B. Yes. And I never understood why he would chose that and nobody was good with it. Do you know the story of the Pied Piper? We've talked, yeah, yeah. the story of the Pied Piper? For those who don't know, the Pied Piper uh, was supposed to lead uh, a rat rats out of a town, and he did, but the town screwed him and didn't pay him the money he was supposed to get for leading these rats out of the town. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to play this flute and lead him out. And I t- took all the kids out. And they never saw the kids again. Mm-hmm. So literally the Pied Piper, because he got screwed though, took the kids away from their families. And yo, This that... man has been taking kids away from their families. And that yeah. was, that. Was, yeah. by the way, he used Allegedly. to, like, this is a term. Allegedly, sorry. Apparently, I, like, did people not know what it was before? Because this is no, a term. No, people knew he used they to ignored say it. it. He okay. said it in all these songs. He said it on he the even, He even said yeah. it on Clubbing with Marcus Houston and Joe Budden. Oh, like yeah. he said it about other people's songs. Yeah. Yes. So he said it, and it's all right. We, we, we cut yeah, you Yeah, no, 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 no. We, this yeah. is all relevant to what, what I'm going to say. So he has been hiding in plain sight, which is another <laughs> transition that we could have done. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Like, like, like abducted in plain sight. Yes. Uh, we, yo, we, uh, plain sight, right? Okay, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, we got to get to that has one been too. Put, he's been so. Um, unapologetic about his behavior that mm-hmm. he's like I'm going to continue to get away with this. Now people don't realize he was under indictment since 2002 for yes. having sex with a 14 year old. Yeah. The trial didn't happen until 2006. Yeah. You see how the criminal justice system can play? Huh. Your lawyers can do adjournment after adjournment. You know people thinking people will forget about what happened. Mm-hmm. I know between 02 and 06 I forgot this man was even arrested for doing anything. And all that time, was, you know the songs he created. Mm-hmm. We're having a good time with R. Kelly. But I know as a young person at the time, I wasn't really in tune with keeping up with trials and seeing who's doing what and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So finally the trial happens. And then in the documentary, they interviewed one of the jurors. And people know it just takes one person to say, certain things whether they're guilty or not and then they could sway the whole panel to turn to acquit or convict right so they had this man who could barely speak any type of english come on mm-hmm. the documentary and this man had the nerve to fix his mouth and say i didn't like what they were wearing which is a whole nother the problem fuck they gotta do with anything <laughs> seriously what they're wearing first of all you got all of these people identifying a 14 year old in a damn in a porn. And that's what you that's what bothered you. And that's what bothered you. What somebody 
on the witness stand is wearing. But that's also problematic too. Why a lot of, of men don't believe women or judge them based on the things that they might be wearing or think that quote unquote that's the whole ask they ask for it culture right that exists that's wild problematic. Oh and, wow! Yeah, and yeah. and that basically legitimizes in these men's mind rape. Take okay? this into account yeah. too. Mm-hmm. This was a man speaking, right? I don't know the makeup of the jury from that trial in 2006, but this is one man speaking about how he observed what somebody was testifying Mm -hmm. was wearing. And it wasn't even the girl in the video. It was other people. Because remember, the girl in the video never came forward. Forward. Her parents never came forward. These are other people who were involved, who actually was having sex with the girl, who was also in the documentary. These are the people who are testifying to say that's so-and-so moving on. A jury is picked amongst your peers. They say that a jury is the people of your peers, meaning those 12 people amongst those are men who are the peers of R. Kelly. Think about that. If R. Kelly is true indeed a pedophile, how many Mm. of those men on that jury Mm. do you think is not thinking like him? Mm. Because that is his peer. Mm. Yeah. So why would they convict him? Yeah. Because they see themselves sitting yeah, over there. Yeah, they don't want to be getting caught up and going to jail for possibly grabbing on a girl or possibly having sex with a 16-year-old when they're 25 because they they figure she wanted it. Why not? Nothing's yeah. wrong there. Yeah. They got away with it. They, he should get away with it. He'll be fine. They're fine. Clearly, the clothes they're wearing is making them okay. Yeah. So... I wasn't shocked that this juror said in the documentary, that's why I couldn't convict this man. So the documentary to me, all six hours was very compelling from the score playing in between scenes to the way that they brought in all these different pieces of information. It was just compelling. And you could, I believe all of those people who are speaking, even those sparkles, (laughs) <laughs> latest track played at the end. I'm not mad at her. It went with the whole theme of the story. The story. <laughs> you know, shout out to Sparkle. But I just felt like the documentary needed to be told. But what the problem is, is you had these parents who had been running after the police saying, I need help. My daughter's locked in this house. And whether it was Atlanta, whether it was in Florida, mm-hmm. whether it was in Chicago, And I find it interesting, the states that this man picked these girls from, because I decided to look up the state laws in these particular states. And Hmm. some of them, if you pick, if you are dating a girl who's 17 and you're whatever age, it's not considered illegal in certain states. So you're saying he he was, this is real predatory behavior. I believe he he was. Exactly how he was picking. Yo, remember what I told, remember what I told you? I was like, you know, he ain't doing that in New York. He, yeah. he know, ain't bringing that mm. shit to New York. That's what ever. I said. I said he ever. ain't New York chicks. Nah, bro. You, That's not happening what? here. And, and he's guess aware what? Of the laws here. He did. Br- there was one girl at the end. The last ep- I think the last hour was a young lady who is the only one who filed a lawsuit against R. Kelly because he she contracted herpes from him. It's her allegations, yeah, and yeah, she was yeah. a part. She's from Long Island. So once again, you ain't fucking with no New York girl because they going to bring that shit right up. She didn't wait years to come forward. She didn't sit back and say, have her parents looking for her. She acted when she found out she was infected by this man. Do you think that anything will happen to R. Kelly? It's been gone on for so long. You spoke about that and how... A lot of people, we talked earlier about how many people have had a blind eye towards this. Legally, do you think there's anything that can happen to him? You've heard people say, hey, we want him to rot in jail, blah, blah, blah. Or or is it just a lot of people going to have sympathy for some of the tears that he showed to Gail King, which I'm like, <laughs> which I'm like, oh, no. Oh, I didn't even get into that, right? Yeah. But, but mm. like, what do you think happens from this? Like, if you had to predict this, you've been around a lot of courts and legal system. Um, what do you think happens here? I'm afraid that they are trying to double jeopardy him based on the evidence about some other tape that they're claiming is out there with a 14-year-old. It sounds very familiar to the 2006 case. <sighs> if they actually have the... Uh, maybe they have a whole separate tape involving the same 14-year-old girl, and that's the only way they can actually land an indictment and charge him on something. But for God's sakes, if they are trying to charge him again for the same exact tape that we have seen same. all these years mm-hmm. ago... You know what happens? The indictment gets thrown wow. out, and we, we we you can't even start over. You can't represent because the prosecutors messed up. If that's the case, 
And this is something that happens across the country that I get so disgusted with prosecutors overcharging people just to appease the the public. If the documentary came didn't come out, would we be here today? That I say no. No, we wouldn't I, yeah, have been. I say no. Those parents would have been still trying to get their daughter to come to the window or come out the house, and they're rescuing them from hotels. This will be continuing to go on because, if I remember correctly, one of the parents had said that the police in Chicago were so aware of R. Kelly's activity that they knew that he was hanging out at the schools. Mm-hmm. They knew he was at that McDonald's. Uh, yep, yep, remember the Why are the officers aware of his predatory behavior and yet I, what probable cause doesn't come into play for you to arrest him? Chicago, hello, we know your history. You can mm-hmm. plant some weed on him and arrest him. Mm-hmm. You know that damn well. <laughs> and you know, I, I, Yeah, we know how they've been, even though they're trying to look real good in the Jesse Smollett case, but that's a whole other thing about CPD. Yes, yes. That, I mean, that's yeah, a whole yeah, other yeah. thing. They're they trying to shine at their press conferences. Yeah, and I believe that uh, R. Kelly... <laughs> You know, I I commend Gail for getting that interview with R. Kelly, and he showed who he is for real as the abuser that he is. St. John's alum, we know that you are a big J. Cole fan. School with J. Cole. Uh, St. John's just lost to Marquette by 32 points. I just want to put that out there. Jeez. Why would would you try to mess up Christina's mood right now? That's messed up. This is why I can't watch sports no more. We're kind of current. I still think they're going to get in the NCAA tournament. We'll Um, see. We'll see. But, like, (laughs) this is totally messed up. That kind of just finished. For for those of you listening, you can tell. Uh, this was obviously recorded on Thursday because yes. that that was right. Yeah. You just gave it away. yeah, you just gave it away. That's fine. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. No, yeah. I don't care. Um, it don't are, matter anyway. I, I know you are a big Cole Evergreen. fan. Mm-hmm. Evergreen. <laughs> I know you're a big Cole fan. And one of the I don't know if we've talked about this, mm. um, but one of the things that always comes up with Cole, or you see, I'm a Cole fan too, but you see this come up. J Cole is boring. Oh. His music isn't good. <laughs> okay. As a Cole fan, what's your response to that? Because that's a topic that's always out there in hip hop that J. Cole is boring. What do you what to that you say what? Look at who he's amongst in the genre right now. You got all these mumblers, you got the singer, rapper guys, they all got, you know, multicolor hair. They're or... they're fucking boring. Like <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest. Look at who he's amongst. <laughs> if J. Cole came out Back in the day, and even when he was at St. John's, when he used to do the talent shows, doing poetry, as so we thought it was, and it really was his rhymes. If he was out and about with the best of them at that time, where he would have blended in, if anything, with Jay-Z, with Eminem, he would have been amongst the greats. Hopefully not Eminem. But we ain't got to get into Back that. Back then. Not right. I mean, not I have that. his recent album on my phone. It's not too bad. But mm. either way. Uh, that's a whole nother topic. That's a yeah, whole nother topic. <laughs> but, you know, between 2003 and when we graduated in 2007, or when St. John's decided to not give him his diploma. But anyway, that's the whole thing. <laughs> but during that time, if he was out and popping, like how he is to me now, he would have been amongst others, and he would have probably blended more. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? So he's... He's well, amongst kind of, these weirdos. He's kind of a middle child. Like, you and know what I'm saying? Go, he's kind of in the song. wrong generation. You, exactly. Does it disappoint you that someone like him that I think is um, one of the, the top lyricists uh, right now in the game, mm-hmm. that maybe that's being devalued in hip-hop? Do you feel like that's being devalued, that he doesn't get the, the, the credit he's done for his concepts, the work that he's done, the fact that he produces a lot of his own records? Mm-hmm. I think he's very underrated in that in that realm. Um, are you disappointed? Like, does that say more about him or the state of the game? It's the state of the game because music is going to be music no matter what. And I think, like fashion, things repeat. Mm-hmm. And I think Jay is J. Cole is like, I'm trying to think of a good reference here, where it was like a standout amongst the whack, and then they came back anyway. It's kind of like... Oh, man, I don't know. Um... Think about like how Feli's been around all these years, right? Oh, they're trying to come and back. And they're trying to come back, yeah, right? Yeah, but yeah. Feli was out when was Jordan was popping. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, Nikes had their thing going on. You know, Converse's. Another one to put in the example of, Puma's you know, classics. Puma's trying to come back now, too. Yeah. Puma. Yeah. Fashion repeats. Hip-hop will repeat itself. And J, um, J. Cole is... The person keeping what the real essence of what it was back in the late 80s, early 90s. He's bringing it back slowly. And he's the one keeping, he's making sure that hip hop sticks around. 
these little, you know, so-and-so <laughs> who it. are like the gimmick rappers. You the know. gimmick rappers is a good, is a good way to a put good, it. I think it's a great way to put it. They're gimmicks, you know? Do you listen Do you listen to any of that? Can you get down with any of that? Let me tell you something. I'm not old, but I feel old when I decide to watch an award show, especially oh, if I don't it's do, BT do or something like that. I hate that. award shows. So I feel I. like I'm on Twitter and I'm like, guys, I'm sorry, who is this? No, it's true. Who is this? Yo, but I'm already there. I'm already there because he knows. I listen to a lot of 90s stuff. I have an older brother, there so I go. started listening to like Nas and Black Moon and Sean Price early on, right? Uh, look, look at look, this guy. Christina, you sound like a proud mom. Yeah, She's like, oh, like, I like this. Yes. <laughs> have you, speaking of like newer rappers, real quick, because we're going to wrap up and get out of here. Have you heard of this dude, YNW Melly? See what I'm talking about? No, but is that like the one of the dudes in that group that got his chain taken? No, this that's, is that's Y and B. This is a dude. This is a dude that made a, a song called. This is because this is where you need to know where hip hop is going okay. right now, right? This is why I bring this up. He made a song called "Murder on My Mind," and then proceeded to actually. It's a song about killing his friends, and then he killed his friends, and apparently is really close with them. Yo, he has his. Yo, mo- he has the mother yo. of the so- of the victim's name tattooed on him, like they're close. Yo, and what he pled, and he recently pled not guilty. Yo, yeah, this is so. this is my problem with this current generation. We they, always they be do telling on themselves, and they do <laughs> dumb shit in like, songs. What, what is happening? What yeah. did you just tell me? No. <laughs> Christina's like, yo, let me go look for that song. <laughs> add it right now. No, that's no, insane. no. Don't listen to the song because it's catchy. That's the worst part of it. Oh, too. see, it's it's like yeah. it's like subliminal messages, you know. And so, and, yeah. and this and this is and and the song has like m- like a hundred million plays on Spotify, probably more. For example, like because people I'm are going concerned. in. I'm so trying concerned. to hear it. Yeah, to know why. Yeah, but also some people. I guarantee you, there's a bunch of people who listen to that song because they like it. And when you hear it, you're not gonna like it because you obviously got you guys care about lyrics. But when you hear the sound of it, you're gonna be like, oh wow. I you know you can see where people sort of get the melody and things like that, but like it is awful and that's where things are going right now. So this is why I at least rock with J Cole because he don't be doing dumb shit like that. Now if, you, if you're not watching this podcast, you can't see Christina and I's face. We are just so disgusted. I am so at sad. What we've heard. Yeah. Um, before we get you out because we haven't mm. really talked. We really haven't talked any sports uh, here at all. Tapes like the least we talk sports in this podcast, which is fine. Um, <laughs> I know that you are a somewhat of a sports fan. I know that you are anti. I know you do not care for the NFL. I know that. No. Um, you used to be a Nick fan, but uh, yes. As Bomani Jones says, with sometimes about his teams that he stopped rooting for, you got off that narcotic. Yo, <laughs> stop doing that. I did it with the Jets. Or, or hey, why yeah. did you? Why did you decide to stop being a Knicks fan? When you find yourself believing in superstitions and you get your heart palpitations going, <laughs> it's time to stop. Christina just wants to be healthy. That's it. I want to be healthy. Do you think it's healthy that I am a 36-year-old still Nick fan? No, it's okay. You know, because I think you have been committed to it. It's like a craft at this point because you know when to turn the channel. <laughs> oh, okay. You know when yeah, to I'm walk glad, away. Wait, I'm glad you know that about me. Okay. Aren't you still 35? Yeah, I'll be 36 soon. Yeah, yeah, but like that's why I was like, because I'm like I'm like five years birthday? away. You're like accepting it so already. Accepting it. <laughs> I was like that before. I'm like, I was like that yeah. before my last birthday. I'm like six <laughs> weeks away. I'm accepting. I'm like, yo, let me just start saying it. Start I don't, saying it out loud. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Yes. I don't want to accept it before I turn 26 because then it's like, oh, you got to do your own medical. Man, shit. shut up. Oh, I don't oh, that is oh real. okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought he was going something else, but now I understand. But um, looking forward to that. Got eight more months. My mother will tell you, I would put on my Allen Houston jersey and I would go in front of the TV and I would just be screaming for no reason. Like, not for no reason. At the time, it was a thing for me and I felt if I didn't put that jersey on and watch from beginning to end, they were going to lose. lose. That's what happens. That's bad. I had a, I had an Allen Houston jersey. So what was the moment when you realized it was out of your control and it was just, they were just giving you too much stress because they have been run as a pretty crappy organization? Jerome James. I can't think of a player <laughs> to blame at this point. <laughs> Bring him up. Um, yeah, I, I just realized who they were picking to come on the team that just didn't wasn't making so any Jerome sense. James. And then, and then here's the kicker that I really was like, something is wrong with the organization as a whole. Michael Sweetie. Wait, <laughs> every time somebody gets traded to a team, they get so good. Yo, somebody told me today. That's when you were like, no. Some, I'm like, some name 
of here. Somebody told me today that the last 16 years, they've never kept one of their- first round pick. They never kept- The last kept one was Charlie yes. Ward. Charlie Ward was the last Charlie, Ward, Charlie and, Ward and David Lee was close, but they signed and traded and him traded to Golden State and where he was actually still good. Yep. You ever wonder what would have happened if Charlie um, Ward stuck with football? Probably his life might have been a little better. <laughs> <laughs> He's a high yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I feel like what I'm hearing from you is like, yo, I got out and my life has been better for getting out of that. Just Knicks like fandom. those people who got traded. But here's, <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. If let let's say let's say the Knicks start winning again, they get Kevin Durant this summer or something. They start winning again. <laughs> are you coming? She are you coming that. back on? You're going to be like, yo, Dex, let's go to a game. I refuse because then I look like a bandwagoner and I'll have to explain to people my history. And I don't want to do all of that. So you never, co- you're never coming back? No. I feel like they need to blow up the building and start over. I, with me, I, I'm just a proponent of rooting for players and not organizations because the fans of certain organizations get that slave mentality talking about I root for the name on the front, not the back, and you should root for the name on the back. I got, an ar- I got, I got an argument with some people about that. But wait, with LeBron James, not, James, not you. you can't. Not you. I'm sorry, I know, but, you but know. I, people have a problem when, pe- when LeBron goes to whatever team. Now, all of a sudden, you're this particular team's um, number one fan because of the player. I feel like you have to love the team i don't think you do it's a team sport i don't think you do i, I think, think you, you should f- love i think the team. you I should think, love the team no no it, only if they have good ownership then if not no well i don't that's, wa- that's what i'm saying it's like th- look if you're uh, if because it's a team really you, loving you back you the, yes you could be a spurs fan mm-hmm. and you'll be fine blood pressure good it, you know always, what i'm saying because like, here's here's what you're saying you're taking it just like and this is where i've come as a fan even though i'm still a nick fan and this is problematic for me uh-huh. the knicks are an abusive relationship it's one-sided i'm not even really getting any joy out of this that's, man yeah, yeah. i haven't had any joy since 1999 there you go that's really the truth we're talking about well, 20 uh, t- years 2012 13 was pretty fun that's no? not enough to call it joy no. okay that's not enough no. to call it joy that's like a shot of liquor feel good really quick that's it that's not enough <laughs> it's to like call a one-night stand yep. yeah. yeah it was like a one-night stand <laughs> And it wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. All, right? All right, wait, hold on. Let me say this. So Dexter is saying, Nick fans, the fifty-four win team was a one-night stand. Yes, a really, absolutely. really, really good one-night stand. A- no, okay, a good one-night stand. Who was the other partner? We don't have to get into that. Doesn't Continue. matter. It was, <laughs> it was mediocre. Um, my yeah, point. Right. My my yeah. point. My point is, <laughs> look, I'm about. It's about performance, right? <laughs> It's about performance. It's a team effort, Dexter. Stop it. Yeah, well, if the other person ain't loving you back the same way, you got to get out. That's the point I was going to make. You would tell me, Christine, if Christina knew I was not in a healthy relationship, it wasn't even she a... would be like, get out. I would say the same for her. It wasn't even True. a good quickie? No? I mean, quickies can be just what they are. Quickies are underrated. But all right, we can quickies go. happen in the dark, and nobody cares who's on the other. That's side. not always true, right? You're not. It's, you're, <laughs> I mean, it's not always true. But I, I'm, I'm going to interject myself. I understand the point that you're making. Yes, right. Yes. The point that you're making is, yo, you don't have the same level of like super total interest and attachment yeah. expectations there, yeah. right? Like yeah. not all in most times. Now with somebody you're in a loving situation with, it can be good. But the point comes back to what I'm saying. Mm. You have to be getting that love back. Yeah. And I think what Christina realized at some young age, whenever that. That time was that she was not getting that love back from yeah. the Knicks and she decided to peace out and maybe mm. my older self has done that I see the thing I, I think th- that if the Knicks fail this offseason you're done I, that's what I think I don't think so I think I think if they, like if they completely just strike out or if they or if they wind up with like Chris Middleton and Timothy Mozgov or something crazy I'm like pretty that. pissed about them trading Chris and Porzingis still I'm still oh, annoyed yeah, that's, about that that, that made no sense so that so Brian is right I am very close to the edge <laughs> I don't think you are. You put a lot of effort into this. I'm sorry. He's been committed. It's no, over. So what? But here's so the thing. What? I have not been the way I used to be. I used to be like you sitting in front of the, jer- the TV with the jersey. I don't do Such that a anymore. Sad scene. I don't. Could you imagine grown grown ass me doing that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not I was with like, a, not with a daughter. And, I, and I don't. I don't need my child to be seeing that. <laughs> like, like, she, like. I think about that now. Does she need to see her dad like this? Espe- I mean, especially when, by the way, your fia- especially when your fiance is a Celtic fan. By the way, yes. Whoa. And here's the thing: I bought my daughter a Chris Tasporzingis jersey. Can she wear that anymore? No. There you go. Yeah. Damn. This is why you can't you can't buy jerseys to current players, man. You don't ever buy a Knicks jersey. <laughs> it's a waste of time. <laughs> that's, that's getting now, clipped. Now you <laughs> Yeah, but in today today though you can <laughs> today though you can go back and get a Patrick Ewing, you know what I'm saying? You get, get a throwback, throwback jersey. Something 
only that's throwbacks. What that's yeah. what I'm saying. Only that gives throwbacks. you some happy memories. Only, yes. Not current, no. Because current is too risky when... now. Because especially yeah. now, transaction, everybody gets moved. Nobody stays on the same team for a long time. But Christina's not coming back. She said I'm she not coming back. back to professional sports ever. I will stick to my NCAA. Hopefully. I will stick yeah. to my high school sports. And hey. that's it. People who actually play because they love the game. Do they? But they, the, well, we talked about this off air. They yeah. need, to, need to be paying those kids in college. That's a whole nother thing. Right. We, we have to get into that. Got next, those student loans. Next episode. We, we have to get into that next time we have we you got up a here. Rap. We do have to rap. Number yeah. 70. Number, Number 70. 70. You ready for this? Yes. Dennis Rodman. We're going with Dennis Rodman. Perfect. <laughs> and the next time. We're not even going to and, all the offensive I, linemen? No. All right. Fine. In honor of Dennis Rodman, next time Christina comes up here, she will have her hair in multicolored dyes. <laughs> Dennis, for those of you that don't know, Dennis Rodman wore uh, 70 in his last season in the NBA with the Dallas Mavericks, where he averaged two points and 14 rebounds in 12 games. We like that. And Christina, you're not doing that. We don't like yet. the other stuff Dennis no. Rodman does. No, like he, he's a feminist. What? Huh? He's a feminist. Oh, okay. Is he really? He's in tune with his female side. Yeah, but Y'all he, have to watch that movie. <laughs> First of all, you talked about mind, this before look, this podcast. I don't mind. Look, Dennis that, Rodman that's cool. Yes. I, that's cool. I'm just talking about the 45 and Kim Jong-un and all that that's stuff. That's him now. <laughs> you know, we talk about where he had on his jersey. We're talking about when he was wearing number 70. That's yeah, what we're yeah, honoring. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not the person. Was that pre or post Carmen Electra? Oh, shoot. That I was about maybe that. post, I believe. Was Carmen yeah. Electra? Yo, because you know that how was people. The 90s. Pe- post. Was Carmen Electra as hot as people thought? I don't remember. I got to see she this. She was cute. Because I remember NFL 2K5, they had like a. Here we ce- go. Hold on, hold on. Let me get Here this off. They had a celebrity thing that like you would get to play. Uh, the football teams run by like guys, people like Funkmaster Flex and Carmen Electra and Steve-O and other people. Like they were the celebrities in the game. Okay. And I remember they had a picture of her, and I was like, she ain't all that. So let me see this. She okay. was cute back in the day because she was, was she, wasn't she on Singled Out or was that Jenny McCarthy? Uh, I believe that was That was Jenny, Jenny. McCarthy. But the, all these pictures she has makeup on. Like, with, You're I not going to not see her without makeup. makeup. But that's yeah, the thing. what did I, you expect? But I need to see all natural. So You're not getting that. All right, fine. Then, good it's, luck. then it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, good luck. All right. All right. A long it, time. Is, it is the Dennis Rodman episode. Christina, yes. thank you for coming on. That is Christina Correga, editor <laughs> of ABC. <laughs> And shame on y'all for not giving her the opportunity, not ABC, to other people before. No, we love ABC. Or not doing their job right. Yes, Yes. editor of ABC. Anything good new you're working on that we can let the people know to look out for? I mean, just tune in to the website, you know, get those clicks going. ABC abcnews.go.com abcnews.go.com mm-hmm. um, and you can follow her on Twitter at C Correga no Chris Correga Chris Correga Chris sorry Carrega. I messed up your Twitter shout out to uh, Disney although shout out to my homie here who like literally was not following me on my main account until like Dang. the other day <laughs> I swore I was following him yeah how'd that happen <laughs> I be liking your stuff I know your stuff, that's why I was like oh, it- we must be following each other he likes the stuff and I became old in you a know what's second. funny I got another, I'm not going to quit this friend out here on Blast. There's another friend who I was talking to today oh, who boy. does not follow me back either, but I will have to let her know about Oh, that. no, oh, I got a couple shoot. of... I've had yeah. friends that have unfollowed I think, me. But I, no, but We're not friends is, no I more. I think it's the same thing. I think she assumes it because she responds to me. We get yeah. trapped on there. That's what but like, I just what? think she doesn't realize... It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not... A, I'm not feeling kind of way. You we, shouldn't. We, we corrected it. Yes. We talk in real life. That's what matters. Yeah. Exactly. No, it don't matter. That's true. Okay. We didn't even get into the thing that happened to us last time we had dinner, but we'll have to get to that the next time oh. about people being rude. But yeah. we will get to that next time. Thank you for joining us. We are Thanks happy for, for all me. your success. Yay. Stay stress-free and away from the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you'll have more to say on these things that are happening in Chicago. Yes. Around these crazy men. <laughs> Idiot. Mm. And the idiots that support them. Yeah. yeah y'all are idiots. Shout yeah, out to Cook yeah. County. <laughs> All right, that's it for episode 70 of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast for Brian Fonseca and Christine Correga. I'm Dexter Henry. Peace, y'all. Yeah.